This is ContactTalkRadio.com. Consciousness in action. And you are taking action into your consciousness by tuning into Contact Talk Radio. And on TuneIn.com, Hang.fm, and Upsnap Mobile. Contact Talk Radio. Welcome to The Soul's Journey with Tom Jacobs. A fresh look at astrology shaped by channeled wisdom on the soul and its human journey. Enjoy inspirational insights on how to change karma and make changes for the better. And now, here's Tom. Hello there. Welcome to The Soul's Journey. This is Tom Jacobs from tdjacobs.com. And uh, by trade, I'm an evolutionary astrologer and channel and sometimes a medium and sometimes a I also do energy work and all kinds of, of other cool things that, that collide to help you understand what your soul is here to do as a person and how to make it happen and how to make that happening a little more pleasant uh, than average uh, to, to help you clear blocks and uh, make life worth living and being happy about it. So I, I bring my little Sagittarian moon mission uh, that way uh, to you. And tonight's show is a, a bit of a grab bag, as as a recent show has been. Uh, I do have a couple of things I want to, um, I you know, that I want to say, but then I have two listener questions. Uh, Kayla and Cassandra have sent in questions, great great questions, by the way, that have to do with uh, transits uh, to their natal charts. <clears throat> and uh, so I'm excited about that. Uh, it's nice to hear from you when you write me. Feel free to send me a question that you might want answered on the show. Uh, I have a clever way of making even very specific personalized questions uh, useful for many people. I always start with the general so you can kind of understand the uh, the landscape of where the answer may live. And then I kind of build it up uh, layer by layer. So I love hearing from you. I love getting your questions. You can do that through Facebook uh, or uh to my email, tom at tdjacobs.com. And don't, now that you're hearing this, don't take that as an excuse to add me to your junk email list. I, I, I don't, I don't want that. So anyway, send, feel free to send me questions uh, for the, for the, for the show. <clears throat> so the soul's journey, you know, what are you actually uh, doing here? Uh, why are you here? Uh, you know, this is a, uh, the, these are sets of questions that get personalized for each and every person. There is, however, a, an approach that I use. Uh, to understand what the soul is doing here. And, and I use the, the birth chart to do that. So I start with evolutionary astrology, uh, mostly as taught by Steve Forrest. And then I, I've taken a little bit from Jeff Green, uh, two uh, well-known astrologers. And then I actually uh, make my own uh, kind of third wave, so to speak, uh, by adding in the uh, wisdom of an ascended master named Jehudi, uh, spelled D-J-E. H-U-T-Y, also known as Thoth and St. Germain and Merlin. And so I add that in there, and it kind of um, gives a bit of a focus uh, to that information that's uh, that's unique. So I do that. Um, tonight I'm going to be looking at, with these two charts, I'm going to be looking at some specific uh, things in charts. And so I'm not going to be doing the, the whole karmic, uh, karmic analysis. But um, uh, as it happens, there is an old, uh, now defunct, but still available podcast that I did for, I don't know, maybe two and a half years called Unraveling Karma. And the reason I was, I actually often forget that I did this, <laughs> which is kind of weird because I really loved doing it. And then it just kind of, you know, moved into the past as the, the present kept becoming the future and suddenly everything was different and I almost forgotten about it and moved on. Uh, but Kayla, I believe Kayla, um, who sent in the, the, the first question that I'll, that I'll talk about today, she's been uh, following my stuff since then. I remember her writing in uh, uh, then, 
so this was probably 2007 or 2008 or something. So uh, it's nice to have people who are kind of sticking around and uh, following what develops. Anyway, you can go to my blog if you want to check out some old Unraveling Karma episodes. I want you to listen to these. I want you to go through the archive of the soul's journey. But if you're really intent on being a super serious, uh, cool kid astrology student and learning how I do astrology – uh, you know, taking a lot from Steve Forrest, a little from Jeff Green, and then and then reshaping all of that into the the kind of third wave thing I do. You know, with the wisdom of Jehudi, um, Unraveling Karma is a great place to sample that. And what I would do is I do an episode where. I would only produce the episode if people had sent in questions. Uh, so it wasn't like a weekly thing or a regular thing. I think there were 27 episodes over two and a half or three years. And so it wasn't, you know, terribly regular. But anyway, then I would answer these and explain, you know, my thought process. So it's really, really juicy and valuable. You can get those. They're still on my blog. They're still linked to my blog. So go to tdjacobs.com and look for the blog tab at the top and then Click the uh, category or tag or whatever on the right-hand column, uh, on the right-hand uh, margin, podcasts, and you'll be able to see like you know episode Unraveling Karma episode number blah blah blah. But it'll be like a, new, a number. It won't say blah blah blah. <clears throat> anyway, you can go uh, study those things. And um, so I, I've actually also revisited that recently because I'm um, I'm gonna do some cool stuff with with that material. So stay tuned tuned for that, but if you want to check it out, go go do that. Um yeah, so uh this I'm going to do some uh I don't know. Gem, moons in Gemini right now. So it might end up being chatter. But I'm going to tell you about some things that that happened this week that were interesting um to me. I guess for me about me or something, <laughs> but uh, really, uh, I think last week Kira said, "Wow, like every week you have my producer. We chat for a minute before the show. Like every week something's going on, you know, something new or big." And it's true, it's true because I've um, I've decided to be open to what's possible. So weird things come, and lots of Neptunian twelfth housey things uh, do appear to me, and uh, kind of beg being sorted out and clarified. So, so in some ways, um, week to week. There are elements in my in my life that are um, that are frankly mysterious, and I've learned how to relax within that and say, well, if something becomes clear, then it does, and then something does become clear. But it could be weeks or months or even years later. I did write a blog post this week about one of those one of those things, and uh, and it's about what I call a breadcrumb trail, where one asks a question, uh, dear kind and helpful universe, or hey, wonderful spirit guides, uh, I'd like to receive information on how I could do blah, blah, blah better. But of course, you insert your own uh, phrase or word there. Or what do I need to know to solve this problem? Or you know, what perspective might be helpful? Or what am I not seeing about this conundrum, etc.? And then they start answering questions. And so I wrote in my blog about two, one that happened this, this last week, uh, about, the, about the word clay, which is really interesting. That's all I'm going to tell you about it. You can go read the blog post. Um, and uh, and the other one was I was explaining the the first one that I really experienced. It took a couple of years to unfold, and this was before. This was in my early 20s, at the end of college. It started before I had a um, you know intuitive awakening. Before I was kind of you know receiving information, I was getting this really loud thing of look at this word. This is important, and the and the name was Roland. Uh, or Orlando, which is the Italian, uh, the Italian uh, form of the, the the English name Roland, or the English form Roland. So, anyways, you can read about that in my blog uh, through tdjacobs.com. And but anyway, uh, 
we have these little breadcrumb trails. We don't always know why sometimes we are being presented with some information or an opportunity. Uh, but when you, when you, you know, kind of take the universe or take your guides up on one little thing, like, okay, yeah, I will, I'll bite. I wonder what this means. And you do a little research, you do a little this and that, um, you find another one. And when you train yourself into, into, um, trusting intuition, things vibrate in a certain way that, um, you, you, you get to know the signature. And I, I've sometimes thought like, you know, this, a certain situation here or there has my guide's fingerprints on it. And this kind of has a certain kind of vibration. So I had, um, I had one of those that I wrote in the blog post, but I've had another one. And it's kind of interesting because, uh, uh, it involves a, a family member of mine who's passed away. And as I do mediumship, I do, I do mediumship for different people. I don't do, um, well, oh, here we go. I'm trying to be really cool about this, but I am going to let you know that I don't do what people think of typically as mediumship. And for me, that's a very low level, kind of like the lowest common denominator. And, um, uh, okay, okay, I have Bill on the line. She's showing me that he, um, He's showing me that he uh, gave you a teddy bear at the fair on your first date. He won it in the, uh, you know, whatever game, blah, blah, blah. And, oh, his message for you is he loves you. Frankly, that just um, expletives me off. Like I want the person who's asking the question to have resolution. I want the person who's asking the question to have uh, some sense of closure. I want that person to understand life and death and the soul contract. And so, so for me, mediumship is a really juicy thing. It's not like working with a crowd and saying like, Oh, I've got Fred here. Fred likes hot dogs. Who who's attached to Fred? Like I don't I don't do that. But anyway, this week I went to a, an event like that with a medium who did that very well. And uh, and um, I wasn't uncomfortable or judging or judgy. You know, I was just kind of like, okay, you know, I did ask a couple of questions um, because I wanted to kind of know his perspective without, frankly, giving away that I was a medium and I might be judgy, <laughs> judging. Um, but anyway. When it, when it was my turn, um, I, I basically – I asked about my dad who has been following me around, my dead dad, uh, the, the processed crossover spirit of my late father. I guess would be a nice way to say it, but my dead dad is the way I'm going to refer to it today. Um, he's been following me around for maybe five or six weeks. And uh, you know, to skip a very, very long story, I'll say that he has not been a guide of mine. Um, he's checked in on me a couple times in the last, I think, seven years. You're, you're going to say you don't even know how long ago your dad died. I, I know. I just can't do the math right now. Um, anyway, about the last seven, uh, six and a half – yeah, it's about six and a half years because um, I know how the months fit together and follow each other. But um, I do I do know that. Uh, so, so he has checked in a couple of times in various states of uh, completing orientation, which is what I call when – uh, when a person passes away, that's that consciousness, the departed consciousness, has the opportunity to become aware of all the major relationships, all the choices, all the results, and kind of make peace with all the karmic crap, basically, that, that he or she generated and participated in. And uh, it's a time when they open to being loving and they lose some elements of personality that have to do with being right about things. So grudges tend to melt away once they go through, or they do melt away because they remember their true nature as divine beings. This is actually explained uh, by Ascended Master Judy in the in the book I published six weeks ago ish, called um, Conscious Living, Conscious Dying, which I highly recommend you read. Kindle, Amazon, and tdjacobs.com. So as an ebook and a paperback. Um, but he's been coming back a little bit to check up. But the last five or six weeks, he has been like following me around, and I've said several times. Um, Oh, that's, that's great. Um, can you let me know why you're here or what, 
you know, what you're doing. You know, because obviously he's like a guide. He's not just checking in for five or ten minutes or one day. He's kind of following me around. It's like you're out on the street and you feel someone's following you and you turn around. There's no one there. But you turn around again, face the original direction, and you know. It's like that. And I know it's him. <laughs> so um, so I was just asking that for several weeks. And, and then this opportunity to go to this mediumship event came up. So I asked the person, you know, is there a message from, from him? You know, and I just gave the first name. So he, he identified this. He identified the person, the medium was great at that, just identifying who it was. And he actually, you know, uh, my, my dead dad was giving him cues about something that I actually hadn't thought of in like 30 years that I would associate with him, but only when I was a kid. So it was confirmation that, that it was actually him. But when I asked the question, you know, what are you trying to help me with or why are you here right now? What can you, you know, what are you trying to offer me? Uh, the medium diverted it. So it was like the opportunity to give a qualitative answer that might help me in some way, but he, the guy diverted and told some story that was about sticking a feather in his cap, and I was like, okay, that's cool. Like, God bless everybody in the good way. And so I, we moved on. So then today, um, I was telling my mom about it. My mom and I are pretty close, but I haven't really had a meaningful conversation with her in like six weeks. Just schedule and stress, and it's like every time she calls, I'm like not in the mood to talk. So, And every time I call her, she can't talk, so it's kind of like that. Uh, for the last few weeks. And so I'm telling her about this and she says, um, oh yeah, he's, uh, he's staring really intently. He's really concentrating. And I, and I realized I'm getting a mediumship reading from my mom who's never done this before. Like never done this before. And I real, and she has Neptune in the 12th. So that's not, you know, uh, completely foreign, <laughs> but, um, but she is doing this mediumship reading, and so I immediately start playing along and, give, and getting out of the way and letting her tell me what he's showing her. Uh, and she gives me this reading, and I start crying because it's the answer I've been asking for, and it's kind of hard to feel like somebody's following you around but won't talk to you. That's kind of weird. It's kind of creepy. It's like you're being stalked by, your, by a late relative who um, – is more loving after being dead than alive, but he won't interact with you. It's like really weird. So he and I didn't have a great relationship with him. So even to be open to him being a guide and interacting with him is kind of a big deal on my part. You know that I've changed quite a lot with uh, you know my feelings about how things how things have played out when we were both uh, alive on the planet. So she gives me this reading that's really helpful. I feel like I've called a wonderful medium who, in a very chill way, gave me exactly what I paid this guy. On Sunday, 45 bucks to do. I almost offered to send her 45 bucks. It's kind of a, a joke. But anyway, so, um, so she doesn't do that, but she is very intuitive and she can hear the vibration and things when she's, you know, when she's not stressed about something and today she wasn't. Um, so, you know, if I say, oh gosh, you know, I'm kind of playing around with, you know, option A and option B, she'll say, you know what? Option B sounds really great. You know, so she has that that intuitive ability, of course. Uh, when you look at my own moon, my moon is conjunct Neptune. So my mom, you know, definitely has a Neptune deal going on. For as I've experienced her in most of this life, she has a wonderful singing voice, and she's a poet. And so I've seen that that kind of side of of Neptune to her, and she appreciates art. Uh, but I've never, and and of course the intuitive thing, but I've never gotten like a. St- you know, just like straight up mediumship reading. So it was surreal. I was watching it and, you know, basically saying like, don't forget this because this is really cool. This is like the, this is the coolest conversation that you've ever had with your mom. Um, so anyway, my, my dad did come through and he, and she interpreted what he's doing, which told me what, 
what he's offering and what he's doing with me right now. And, and so it's, it's actually really interesting. Um, just really briefly, I'm going to tell you a little bit about what it is because it's kind of funny. Uh, sometimes with the radio show here, I go back and forth on how much I'm willing to invest in the show. Uh, I've tried different things to, to get the show to, to kind of pay me back my, my time and money investment in it. And, you know, my practice hasn't actually grown since I've started the show a year and a half ago. Uh, it hasn't really grown. New people have come in, but it's all like rotating door stuff, which is normal. So, uh, for example, my income is the, is the same, if not a little lower. The expenses for the show, you know, are, are considerable. You know, like I notice it. And so I'm, you know, I don't travel. I don't go on tour. I don't do, do lecture things in different places because there isn't a lot of spare money for travel because I'm doing the show. Well, I love the show, so it's okay. But sometimes, uh, part of me goes, you know what? I don't know. I'm giving the show a few months. I don't know. I don't know if I'm going to, you know, keep investing in this. And so what the main message was to keep doing the show. So you'll be happy because my, my, my dead dad, who was a radio guy for 35 years, really wants me to keep doing the show. Anyway, so she was interpreting his facial expression and showing me what he was wearing, how he showed up. And it was really great. It was like the kind of, um, you know, qualitative experience that I paid somebody else for on Sunday. So anyway, so we're going to take, uh, I'm going to take my first break now. This is a soul's journey. I'm Tom Jacobs. Stick with me. I'll be right back. positive thoughts, tried to forgive yourself and others for everything, and read piles of self-help books and still feel stuck? Call evolutionary astrologer and channel Tom Jacobs. Consultations with Tom reveal the core of what hurts you and holds you back. Tom changes clients' lives with a personalized blend of evolutionary astrology, messages from spirit guides, channeling and energy work with Ascended Master Jehudi and Archangel Metatron, chakra cleaning and rebalancing, past life integration, and teaching you to transform what you are manifesting. Tom will provide whatever you need to move through knots, blocks, or bruises. To book a life-changing session with Tom Jacobs, call 213-925-6019 or visit tdjacobs.com. Ever wondered what your soul is? How about how to create a meaningful life to make the most of your time on Earth? In the important new channeled book, Conscious Living, Conscious Dying, Ascended Master Jehudi, a.k.a. Thoth and St. Germain, Explain soul, life, and death to support you in living a meaningful life now. It opens with a description of soul and how it informs and experiences your human life. Creating a meaningful life and an in-depth exploration of death follow, making this a must-have for all humans. Conscious Living, Conscious Dying provides a roadmap for making peace with the reality of life and the fact of death to free you to make the most of your time on Earth. Get your copy of Conscious Living, Conscious Dying now on Amazon, Kindle, or at tdjacobs.com. Welcome back to The Soul's Journey. This is Tom Jacobs from tdjacobs.com. And uh, so that was that was one thing, the deal with my dead dad coming through. So now he's apparently officially, you know, 
I don't know, ensconced or something appointed to be one of my guides in the short term. It could be days or months or weeks. I don't know. Um, but so, so he's hanging around. So I get to, this opportunity to alter my relationship with him and my, um, you know, my karmic push pull thing, you know, like my like a, a, attraction revulsion thing, my love hate thing with him that I've had in a bunch of lives actually. And, and uh, so I have a chance to alter my relationship with him now that he's processed, has, has gone through orientation understands the purpose of everything and is actually actively attempting to support me when during life he wasn't. And actually about two or three weeks after he died, he came through a friend who was a medium, um, a friend at the time who, who, and he apologized for not being supportive of me. But now that he was dead, I'm not kidding you. This is not the exact wording, but this was the idea. Now that he was dead, he could see more about my story and he really wanted to support me. He really wanted to support this stuff. I'm up to all this metaphysical healing and all this, uh, all this channeling stuff. And so he, he told me then he'd make it up to me, you know, for not being the kind of dad that I, that I had wanted or needed. So anyway, so i you know, part of me is kind of like, you know, yeah, well, you know, prove it. It was my attitude at that point because I was still kind of mad at him after he passed away. Um, but anyway, so now I have this opportunity to um, to change my mind about things and to alter that relationship now that he has altered his participation. So so anyway, um, get conscious living, conscious dying, and you'll understand a little more about what I'm talking about, that uh, new channel book. Um, so the other story from the week before I get to the listener questions um, has to do a little bit with the um, – well, the Grand Cross and the New Moon Eclipse in Taurus. The Grand Cross, you know, in cardinal signs. And then, you know, new topic, the uh, the uh, New Moon Eclipse in Taurus. With the Grand Cross, it's driving change. And last week's show was about that. And I kind of didn't make officially a real announcement. But um, the Grand Cross had been affecting my Venus Chiron, for those of you who had listened, if you remember, and my angles and my nodes. It's kind of a really big deal for your pal, Tom. And um, I unofficially announced last week that I was moving back to a sliding scale to open up my practice to a bunch more people. So that's starting to work. People are starting to call me. Uh, and uh, so I want you to consider getting a reading and understand that um, there's no judgment on where you fall on the scale. If you want to pay the upper number, great. If you want to pay the lower number, great. Uh, I want you to get as many readings from me if, if you feel I have something to offer you, I want you to get as many readings from me as is possible so that you can really make progress with changing your, your mind about how things work, altering your relationship with life, with your body, with your sexuality, with your family, with your, your, you know, the idea of what your purpose is in the world, you know, healing karma, unraveling karma, moving forward with things, you know, having a vision and making it happen. I want you to be happy about being here. So I'm opening up my practice. By making it much more affordable to many more people. I want you to film my schedule so you can read the details about what a reading with me is like, uh, including energy work and chakra clearing and balancing, as well as past life integration and readings. And then also, uh, of course, the standard uh, – tr- standard – not traditional, but standard for me, the evolutionary astrology and channel and consultation. So last week I unofficially announced it. This week it's a little more official. I, I was uh, sending out notices here and there and posting on Facebook and my blog, etc. I've yet to write my email list, so uh, but that will happen soon. Um, but in, in you know echoing that energy with the new moon in Taurus, you know ruled by Venus, um, I, I I had this. Um, 
deepening into something I've thought about off and on for several years, but uh, regarding like a Taurus idea, planting a new seed, and it led to some really uh, funny, really led to some really interesting and/or funny places, depending. Um, and it's the idea of living in a place where I have some land and can keep some animals to provide foodstuffs, specifically some kind of um, you know bird producing egg, chickens and/or ducks. Uh, and, uh, and, and, but, but more specifically closer to my heart, and this is, this has been really weird for me to, to work, to adjust to, um, but goats, keeping goats to milk them. So Tom Jacobs farmer kind of idea, dairy farmer, uh, goat, goat dairy farmer. And, um, so I did a ton of research this week on, you know, what you need to do to do that. How do you actually manage that? What's a schedule for a year like? How do you care for their health? What do they eat? When and why? All this stuff. And, um, you know, I don't, I don't know, you know, when it'll happen, but I believe it's not an if. I believe it's a when. Um, and as I was doing all this research, I was like, oh, okay, well, oh, right, of course, in order to get milk from them, they have to be, you know, they have to have given birth, right? Because that's the m- mammalian thing. Like mammals don't just start giving milk randomly. You have to, you know, you have to uh, to do this. As I've as I've listened to people who are like animal activists, and over the years they say stuff like, "Well, you have to keep the animal pregnant, and it's cruel, and all this stuff." You know, it's um. It, it, anyway, so I've kind of confronted that this week for me because basically I consider all these animals just like you and me, and so when I see almost any kind of animal, I'm still not there with like certain bugs because just because physiologically they're different and I can't like see what we would call soul in their eyes, you know, but like, but the, the kind of intelligence that governs life, especially with cats and dogs, we, you know, we warm up to them and, but even with, especially with horses, goats, cows and, and lots of different kinds of animals, I do see that this is a being just like me. So, so I'm, you know, thinking about this and, oh yes, I would love to have the goat milk because I drink the raw milk now. Uh, as as a normal part of my life, and it and it helps me in several ways. So I want to be able to do that. And I and I was thinking, I, it would be really cool to have a relationship with the mammal that's giving me the milk. And I got really excited about this kind of like Taurian thing, you know, with the new moon and Taurus. And um, and so I'm reading about this, and it's you know basically once a year you you get the goat pregnant. The female is called a doe, and the male is called a buck when they're adults. And uh, so I was thinking about that, and okay, yeah, you find somebody in your area who basically hires out their buck to impregnate your goat, and then whatever, then you care for the goat during pregnancy, and then it looks like people who do this participate in the births of the goats, which is actually kind of interesting too. They, you know, they're talking about the kind of supplies that you will need uh, when your when your um, when your goat does kid, I think, or something like that, gives birth. So um, so I'm looking at that, and I'm realizing, um, yeah, I have to treat this goat like it's cattle in order to get milk out of it. And I just, my, my, my whole mind, my whole consciousness stopped for a moment, and I was like, oh, yeah, that's that's what, oh, yeah, th- that's how we keep animals like that. We keep them like they're cattle because they're kind of cattle. But, but as I've done Lilith work for so many years, and I've, I've come up against, um, in my research and in my meditation, and in uh, the uh, karmic stories lodged within the chakras and bodies and 
uh, uh, body parts of different clients, uh, this idea of women being treated as cattle over the years has kind of gotten all of that. Like I have this idea of what it means to be cattle and I have this really negative view of because, because of all this Lilith healing I've done, all this like really intense healing work on people's, um, you know, being cattle in different lives, you know, uh, through, through patriarchal marriage or arranged marriage or whatever. So anyway, so my mind stopped, everything screeched to a halt, which is really weird for me <laughs> to be kind of speechless. And I realized, oh yeah, you have to treat the goats like they're cattle. And so that was a really interesting part of the week. Um, especially if, if you are aware of the, the Lilith work I do, it, it just rolls off my tongue. I can talk endlessly and effortlessly about all the Lilith themes. You can see some of that in the archives of this show. You can subscribe, subscribe in iTunes if you, uh, uh, if you, uh, aren't a subscriber already and you're just hearing this kind of randomly. Um, but anyway, so that was interesting, and then I did something that I have enjoyed doing, which is watching videos of goats on YouTube, and I got to the fainting goats, the myotonic goats. And um, and that is hilarious. I turned Kiara, my producer, onto that just before the show, and I got an OMG with four exclamation points in response. Um, and uh, these are goats who have been basically – there's a little weird thing that happened genetically that when they get surprised or startled or excited, they uh, – their muscles freeze up and they kind of has a, have a little seizure and they fall over. And so these are, it's very cute, but then you look at it, these videos and you realize that people are actually intentionally startling them. So they'll do it. So they're cute for the camera. Had a weird thing about that too. But anyway, um, so that was my week with, uh, with all the goat stuff, just thinking about, um, participating in life in a more Torian way, like in a different way, a more, a simple, a more simple, a more basic way. And if I were to be somebody who's milking goats, you know, 10 months a year ish, uh, twice a day, you know, that would really alter how my day works and therefore how I participate in my day and how my life. And that's really attractive right now after, you know, writing or channeling and self-publishing like 15 books, you know, like four, four and a half years. That's really appealing to me to do something different, to get my, my hands, not necessarily dirty, but like to get my hands involved, to have some food product in my life that, um, you know, that is, that I participated in creating. It's not this distance. So anyway, I had the kind of Taurus new moon thing. And I said to my girlfriend who, who shares this, these interests, she, she brought up long before I had the, the fantasy of the goat thing. She brought up the idea of ducks and or chickens. And so we've been talking about that. Um, you know, for a couple of years off and on. And that idea of, uh, you know, and actually right now we're, or she's not really an egg eater. I am. So I have been at times purchasing eggs from one of her coworkers and, uh, who has a bunch of chickens in her home. It's, it's okay to do that in Tucson. So she lives in the city limits of Tucson and can have, you know, a dozen or 15 chickens or whatever. So anyway, um, where we live now, we're in a condo. It's not going to work, but we're having this conversation off and on. And, uh, there's plenty of places that we could do something like that in this area. So anyway, so so that was interesting this week, and basically getting stopped in my tracks about the cattle idea, and then watching the the um, watching these uh, videos of these fainting goats, which it's it's really awesome. But then you're really looking at it, and you're thinking about how cute it is, and these people are actually basically like you know, faint goat faint, you know, like you know on uh, cue on command. So anyway, kind of tricking them into performing, which is kind of weird. But anyway. It's all fun and games. So let me move on to these uh, questions uh, from listeners. And the first one is from from Kayla. And uh, let me just go find the email. Oh, so the email's uh, titled Odd Phenomena? And um, 
she says, for the past few months, she seems to be blowing out light bulbs wherever she goes, and her dreams have been uh, extremely vivid and unusually nonsensical. And having being really tired and having several naps, which apparently is not her um, is not her norm. So she's saying any you know any medical reasons aside, she's trying to understand what this means energetically. Am I ungrounded, or is my energy stronger than usual? Is this an indication that a spirit is trying to communicate with me? Um, and then she mentioned some transits she's having that I'll, I'll mention some of those. But let me give you her birth data. She was very kind enough to share her birth data, so you can look it up if you want. October nineteenth. 1991, 2.34 p.m. in Brockville, that's B-R-O-C-K-V-I-L-L-E, Ontario, Canada. So when we go to uh, Kayla's chart, we, you know, she mentioned, you know, Pluto transiting her north node in the 12th. Uh, Attached to her north node is um, True Black Moon Lilith at uh, 10 Capricorn in the 12th and Uranus in the same degree. The node's at 13 and roughly a half, and uh, and Neptune's at 14. So it's not just the Pluto, but it's actually the whole uh, Grand Cross that we had, the Cardinal Grand Cross, which happened at like you know 1340, 1335, 1345 of these Cardinal signs. So you're, just really briefly, Uranus on the North Node is about needing to become original and to tr- learn to trust intuition. Neptune on the North Node is about needing to embrace, you know, uh, a sense of it's it's about intuition. It's also finding a meaningful way to be a human. Neptune has to do with how we um, kind of at, not just experience ourselves as um, as individuals, you know, as a person with an ego, person with a sense of self, but how we open up to see more and how we situate our egos as part of the greater fabric of reality. Um, and Lilith on the North Node is about um, learning to honor instinct. Now, these are all in Capricorn, so structure and practicality are important, but it's in the 12th house, which means that weird things need to happen to you, Kayla, for you to learn what, what, all, what all these energies are about. The 12th house is the house where weird things happen, especially with Uranus and Neptune there. So um, with, with this Grand Cross activating this, it should lessen a little bit, but Pluto will still be there. Pluto's now retrograde. You know, almost right on your north node. Um, you know, Jupiter is now moving beyond that degree, and um, you know, Uranus is going to be dancing around middle Aries for a while. But and now Mars has retrograded out of the Grand Cross, and and it will come back briefly. But essentially, um, this is a really kind of watershed moment in in Kayla's life because to adapt to being an energetic being in a new way to experience consciousness expansion to find out that other things are happening that for example as her question stated is a spirit trying to communicate with me in this case it's all about you as an energetic as i look at your chart and kind of listen to your guides a little bit uh it's about you being an energetic being but needing to adjust to running more energies in new ways your default will be sixth house conditioning south node in the sixth and that's where people we all return to our south node when we're stressed but um you've done that a bunch in a bunch of lives and you're really good at uh, doing sixth house things being of service or being a team player in a cancerian way you're really good at that um but this new territory is all about um dragging you into the house of the unknown the house where you get you know i talked about the breadcrumb trail in in that blog post about i ask a question of my guides and i get these weird experiences that you know Three months later, I put six things together, and they and they're each a puzzle piece 
and suddenly I understand the answer to the question I asked. These really clever, weird, synchronistic ways that answers come to questions. So you're being asked to jump into that. Transiting Pluto is there, but also progressed moon. So this is singular for, for you, Kayla. Um, you know, how can I understand weird things happening? Now, that's kind of the baseline here with the Grand Cross activating it. Now, but Uranus is squaring your nodes and squaring your own Uranus and Neptune. Jupiter is opposing Uranus and Neptune. Pluto is conjuncting them. And Mars has had been squaring them. So think about this in one way as you need to get dragged into the 12th house. Another way to look at it that's more functional for day-to-day is that your Uranus and Neptune are being activated in serious ways that you've never experienced before. So Uranus is electricity and the electricity that runs through your body. Normally, you know, this is in your 12th house. We don't know where it is. We sometimes can't find planets in the 12th. Uh, but but you're being, this is all being activated for you. So are you ungrounded? I would offer you that. It doesn't mean you're ungrounded. It means that you are suddenly being asked to increase how grounded you are. I'm going to pick this up when I come back. I'm going to take the second break. This is Tom Jacobs on The Soul's Journey. I'll be right back. wondered what your soul is? How about how to create a meaningful life to make the most of your time on earth? In the important new channeled book, Conscious Living, Conscious Dying, Ascended Master Jehudi, aka Thoth and Saint Germain, explains soul, life and death to support you in living a meaningful life now. It opens with a description of soul and how it informs and experiences your human life. Creating a meaningful life and an in-depth exploration of death follow, making this a must-have for all humans. Conscious Living, Conscious Dying provides a roadmap for making peace with the reality of life and the fact of death to free you to make the most of your time on Earth. Get your copy of Conscious Living, Conscious Dying now on Amazon, Kindle, or at tdjacobs.com. When you've thought positive thoughts, tried to forgive yourself and others for everything, and read piles of self-help books and still feel stuck, call evolutionary astrologer and channel Tom Jacobs. Consultations with Tom reveal the core of what hurts you and holds you back. Tom changes clients' lives with a personalized blend of evolutionary astrology, messages from spirit guides, channeling and energy work with Ascended Master Jehudi and Archangel Metatron, chakra cleaning and rebalancing, past life integration, and teaching you to transform what you are manifesting. Tom will provide whatever you need to move through knots, blocks, or bruises. To book a life-changing session with Tom Jacobs, call 213-925-6019 or visit tdjacobs.com. Hey, 
Hey there, welcome back to The Soul's Journey. This is Tom Jacobs from tdjacobs.com. And uh, looking at Kayla's chart, I'm going to give you her birth date just in case you're just uh, joining us. It's October 19th, 1991, 2.34 p.m. in Brockville, Ontario, Canada. And uh, the question was all about uh, the kind of electric thing. So, so she also she also mentioned a Neptune uh, transit. It's near her moon, um, and it's a you know trining Mars and Mercury, and and that's definitely part of it. But I think the real the Grand Cross activation of this uh, Uranus Neptune is a big deal now because it's on your North Node, Kayla. It's not something that people taught you about. So if I give you some great images of what Uranus-Neptune may be about, part of you may have a knee-jerk reaction of, oh, I, I, I'm not like that. But Uranus-Neptune, because it's on your north node, you were taught as a, as a little person, you know, you were born into a family that was in the sixth house doing it in a Cancerian way, not in the twelfth house, you know, uh, Capricorn way with, um, with Uranus-Neptune there. So nobody taught you how to do it. In a bunch of lives, this is one way to look at it. Uranus, Neptune, and Lilith have been left out. The asteroid Juno is up there too, but I haven't included that. Uh, and then this just to kind of keep it more streamlined. Um, but nobody could teach you that. So if you, you know, you know, uh, you know, this idea that you know, are you not grounded? Well, you need to get more grounded. You need to learn more about running these energies through your body, and that's what's going to be uh, really, uh, really important. Um, because the, and, you know, you as an energetic, you've been taught in the sixth house to observe cause and effect, and to see the the way things work according to logic. And you know, um, you know, you're you, you know, if you want to have a clear mind, well, then clear your mind. And there's kind of a real practical approach to that in the sixth house. In the twelfth house, you're supposed to let things flow through you. You're supposed to feel a part. Like as part of the fabric of reality, that's the twelfth house way of being. Learn how to surrender to what is. Learn how to surrender to the weird things that can happen. So you're getting this initiation of that. And there are going to be other times in your life when you've had weird intuitions that nobody around you understands or would be willing to validate, or that nobody, you know, you see an, a thing out of the corner of your eye, you look and it, you know, looks like a you know, whatever, and, and nobody else sees it, but you know this weird metaphysical thing happened. That would be normal for you to have this experience because, because this Uranus Neptune in the 12th are real. This conjunction's real, but you keep becoming born to people who don't get it and won't and can't validate it for you and can't teach you how to do it in a, in a good way. So getting grounded, clearing out energies that don't belong to you, Becoming very intentional about where your consciousness is pointed and what you're doing. These are these are certain tools to do that. Um, and also keep a keep an ear open for the intuitive skills development course that I'm going to announce uh, in the next couple of weeks for later in the summer. I've had a couple of questions about it and I'm uh, gearing up to do another one. And so it would actually be great for somebody like you who's who needs to you know who's been uh, kind of uh, plopped into the deep end of the twelfth house and is wondering what to do. Um, really. Um, it's a uh, it's a lot about knowing that you're safe. Living in the twelfth house can be a little overwhelming, so you have to know that you're safe. Things happen there that are much bigger than we are. Like one of my twelfth house experiences is sometimes being out, you know, driving when the sun goes down and right after dark, where you can kind of see the outline of a mountain. I I get really scared because I can feel the energy of the mountain and I don't have the visual. That it's just a rock sitting there, I feel, you know, so to speak. I feel the energy of it, or like if I'm um, 
at I used to live in LA and go to the, the Venice and Santa Monica piers and looking at the ocean in the dark can freak me out because I can feel the energy, all that energy moving. And so you can have the sense of being overwhelmed when you find yourself in the twelfth house or 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 a particularly clear starry sky can overwhelm you. So you have to know that you're safe and decide that you're going to use your energy consciously. Send cords into the earth and decide that no matter how grounded you've been getting, because I don't actually know what your practice may have been like if you feel like you have been grounded, you probably are very practical, but maybe not very grounded. If that's a, if that's, you know, that's a possibility. Like I can see that, you know, A leads to B and I can affect B by changing A the next time. That's a very sixth house perspective. But knowing that um, all this weather is happening around you, you know, energy, you'll be more sensitive to the energies around you. You'll probably, with this uh, continuing to be here, Pluto's still here, Uranus is still squaring it. Um, you know, you probably will have the experience over time of uh, tapping in more to the energetic quality of what people are saying rather than the words they're using. And you vibe immediately on um, the energy of complaint. And you just observe it and you can't even really process the words. That's actually your future and it's a good thing so that you can, not, you can learn how to be in the 12th house without being absorbent in a bad way. Anyway, so that's, a, that's, a kind of, that's what I see. This Grand Cross activating that is a really, really big deal. Uh, separately, you know, Neptune is not that far from your moon in Pisces in the first house. So you, you, know, you already carry the ability to absorb energies around, from around you. You had a couple of years where a transit in Chiron passed over your moon. It's officially done you know, mathematically, but, but as soon as it's over, then Neptune starts to creep up. And, and these are both energetic sensitizers. And to a Pisces moon that can be porous or try to be protective so it doesn't have to be porous and absorb a bunch of garbage, you know, you've been asked to open up. So open up to be open-hearted. Lead with your heart. Be in your heart. Feel all you can feel is a great Chiron transiting moon uh, thing. But learn how to sort through things and uh, and not absorb crap. <laughs> so clearing out your field. And if if uh, if in the last seven years you haven't encountered um, the grounding meditation that's available for free through tdjacobs.com, I recommend you check it out if you have it already. Um, I used to harp on it quite a lot, but uh, uh, it's worth doing. It's it's about grounding to the earth and opening the heart and clearing the energies that don't belong to you out. And when you generate energy from your heart, you create a positive field, which changes your life and and, and alters what you experience. So I recommend you do that, especially as Neptune is uh, is creeping up here. The progressed moon on the north node here on the 12th, as Pluto transits it, is really about integrating these things. The need, progressed moon is about a need to integrate something into a conscious awareness. And so it's kind of like you were dumped in the deep end and you can't mentally check out. You're aware of all the little details, but that's actually really good for you. So Kayla, thank you for uh, for listening to the show and, and uh, for sending your question in, and I certainly hope that's helpful. Uh, so let's move on to uh, the next question, which is from uh, Cassandra. Let me read the question, then I'll give you her birth data. Let's, uh... <laughs> Actually, I'm going to give you her data first. August 18th, 1968, 5.38 p.m., North Hempstead, New York. I'm going to give it to you again. I'm going to spell Hempstead. August 18th, 1968, 5.38 p.m. North and the new word, H-E-M-P-S-T-E-A-D, New York. 
the question is, um, she asked it generally, and then I wrote her back and said, hey, if you want to show your data, I'm happy to get a little more specific. Um, the question is, a transiting Neptune opposing natal Mercury, meaning transiting Neptune in Pisces, opposing natal Mercury in Virgo. She's wondering how she might approach this energy. It was when she mentioned that she has a stellium in Virgo. Uh, you know, this is the first of five planets that made me say, "Hey, do you mind? Uh, do you mind me uh, looking at you know sharing your data and looking at your chart?" Because because that that you know having a, an outer planet transit a stellium means that for years, and in this case, uh, her stellium is from seven Virgo with Mercury up through twenty seven Virgo. So that's you know two thirds, about twenty degrees of the transit of Neptune through uh, Pisces, and that um, you know what's that? Uh, two thirds of fourteen years. It's uh, average time in a sign, so so it's quite a long quite a long time there. I can't even do that math, but I I trust that you can get out your slide rule and make it work. So um so transiting Neptune in general wants us to open up to receive information from new sources. This is the kind of information that we can't quantify and we can't maybe not be able to put words to it or really understand it in any meaningful way. But it's this this awareness of something. So some people will say Neptune's about transcendence, you know, transcending the uh, you know, uh, cr- crummy human limitations of the linear mind or, you know, all kinds of things. It's about mysticism, meditation, yoga. It's about finding yourself, as I keep saying over and over again, part of the fabric of reality, you know, identifying your ego with something bigger than you and then learning to go with the flow. That's a big Neptune thing. So transiting Neptune is asking you to do that. But what it does is it asks you to surrender something. It asks you to let go of something, especially Neptune and Pisces. Uh, it's co- it co-rules Pisces. So ironically, C- Cassandra has uh, the transiting Neptune opposing her Mercury while progressed moon is there. So the answer to the question also involves a progressed moon, just like Kalis did. I just see that now. Um, with the transiting Neptune opposing something, now I'm trying to build it so it'll make sense to you. Transiting Neptune wants you to surrender something. The opposition shows you something that's maybe uncomfortable about something you're already doing. So Neptune opposing Mercury is, look at how your mind works. And and Neptune saying, the way your mind works, wonderful human linear logical mind, the organizer, the executive function within you, you know, making decisions and categorizing things and organizing things and, you know, logistication and all of that stuff. Neptune is saying, it's not enough. Now your Mercury in Virgo says I can I can do everything. Mercury with Jupiter, there can be a real confidence to this mind, a really big sense of, you know, big sense of I can I can think that through, I can communicate that, I can organize, I can quantify it. It's in Virgo, um, and uh, you know Venus is tied in the mix, so there's a, also an element of um, you know creativity in there. But but really Mercury Jupiter together is just a big linear logical mind as well as a really strong sense of intuition perhaps. So Neptune is saying, hey, if you're too worried about details and dates, look at the quality of something. Kind of stop focusing on quantity. Look at quality because life is not actually about the numbers. Life and this is I'm talking about like um well I only got three out of my five things on my to do list done this week. The big things. Because each day had its sub-list, and I got most of that done. <laughs> I'm kind of making fun of you a little bit, teasing you a little bit um, with this strong Mercury signature, but or strong Virgo stuff. But um, you know, all the information your linear logical mind has, even though it's incredibly strong, Mercury Jupiter together in Virgo, it's not enough. You need to gather information from other sources. You need to open up your mind, is what it's telling you to do. Now it's gonna, uh, you know, it's in 
kind of implying this transit to Jupiter. You know, it's kind of prefiguring it now. Neptune's about seven, and Jupiter's at eleven. Um, but it's, I think it's important to look at this as one big stellium. So Mercury, Jupiter, and then Venus, of course, creativity, what's fair, what your value system, you know, how that works and how your relationship with money goes, money, resources, values, time, and then, of course, other people. Uh, but then also Pluto and Uranus. So what kind of difference are you here to make? What makes you feel empowered? How can you be an agent of change? It's all tied up in this. So things you're drawn to do to be of service – you know, over the next um, 14 times 0.6666, you know, two-thirds of the next 14 years, you know, almost almost 10 years-ish, you know, nine or 10 years, you're going to be asked to surrender something about what you think you're here to do and how you do things in order to open up to a better vision of it that incorporates the big picture that your linear logical mind not only can't see but is inclined Never to want to see. You know, the human mind is wonderful, and I know I know Cassandra through uh, some tutoring and work and, and readings she's had with me. So I I know that she is very intuitive. Uh, you know, I should talk to you like I'm talking to you, Cassandra. But anyway, but I also know that really strong mind is there. That really strong linear logical mind, that ability to communicate concepts, to break things down. And you are being asked over the next you know nine or ten years to surrender how some of those thought processes work so that you can be of more service uh, to the rest of the planet, so that you can do something useful that is beyond what you have thus far considered to be useful. It's like the, the Piscean opposition to anything in Virgo is, hey, 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 hey why, why are you doing so much? Can't you see that you're just, you know, you're burning the candle at all possible ends, most candles have two ends, so whatever. But um, you know, can't you see that you're just working hard and you're obsessing about the numbers and the Neptune is, is you know Piscean stuff is trying to get Virgo to slow down, relax, experience this moment, enjoy that feeling of the breath in your body and the energy and all this kind of stuff that, as I do it, it kind of like sounds a little hippie-ish. But that's what Pisces is trying to you know in opposition to Virgo is trying to get it to do. So over the next nine or ten years, if you find yourself stressed out about this stuff, it is probably because you are trying too hard to, to create or create something based on an idea of something that really appeals to your personality. So you're being asked to surrender to a bigger vision through observing your patterns, processes that actually create limitation through the linear logical mind being very perhaps controlling. I hope that's useful. I hope that's helpful, Cassandra. Thank you so much for, for sending that question in. And you can email me, Tom at tdjacobs.com. Anybody can send a question in. Uh, whether you listen to the show live or whether you hear the podcast months later, it's all good. I'm happy to answer questions. If you want me to make it specifically about you and give you some insight, include your chart data, day, month, year, time of birth, and also location, you know, city, state, or city, country. And, um, oh, one announcement that's time-based. Uh, if you're in Tucson – on uh, dot dot dot. Let me just find. On uh, Saturday, the seventeenth of May, I'm going Saturday the seventeenth. I'm going to be doing a shift meetup. That's a uh, that's a self healing workshop. I'm going to teach you a really cool meditation technique that once you learn, it, you're going to be like, why have I not done this all the time every day for for my you know for all of my life? Because you, uh, I'm going to teach you to do the self healing technique to help you de stress, calm down, to learn to listen more to the, what your body is saying, kind of like. 
uh, improve your mood, raise your vibration, clear out energies that don't belong to you and don't work for you. That's Saturday the 17th at 5 p.m. here in Tucson. Um, thank you for joining me. And uh, if you want to donate to support the show, go right ahead. If you want to call me for a reading on the new sliding scale, go right ahead. Uh, contact me through tdjacobs.com. I'll talk to you next week. You've been listening to The Soul's Journey with Tom Jacobs, a fresh look at astrology and soul inspired by channeled wisdom. For more information, tune in every Wednesday at 7 p.m. Pacific. Connect with Tom directly via www.tdjacobs.com. That's tdjacobs.com.